You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. You know where to get us. You know where we're at. You can come catch these hands at any time, anywhere, open 24-7 like Jack in the Box. Uh, I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. As we come to you live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, you can catch us now on Sundays. Now on Sundays, I think we're going to hit head up Sundays moving forward into the future. Uh, to get ourselves primed and ready for football season because I saw on TV this past week an honest-to-goodness football game. Now, maybe in the Hall of Fame game, but it counts. You, you can't deny that. You can't deny that. Jeremy, Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online, my man. Did I did I introduce myself first off? I completely forgot. I did, yes. Um, Jeremy, I see you shaking your head, but you are the glutton for training camps, so do not talk to me about fake football. In in a stunning development, I saw exactly zero plays from the the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I, I I didn't fool myself into believing I would be interested in this game at all. And then I saw Amir Abdullah do a like Street Fighter celebration touchdown, and I completely regretted not seeing it. Wait, is Amir Abdullah is he with the is the, is he with the Raiders now? I believe he's a Raider now. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! I just yeah. know that uh, Trevor Lawrence took exactly zero snaps, and I've heard basically that. Uh, well, I mean, you might have a you might have a, a thing. I guess guys are moving towards joint practices to play their actual quarterbacks because that's where uh, you can control the whistle versus a preseason game. By the way, we're so. we're off to another stunning start because I've once again muted myself on stream. You but muted you guys yourself can hear on me in stream. Podcast. Okay, you can hear me in Fantastic. podcast land. Wonderful. We're gonna get some upset YouTubers. Is but, uh, uh, is, is, is Zazu barking his ass off? No, I don't know what happened there. I okay. somehow mute. I didn't mean to, but hey, everyone can hear me now. Hi. The man who does. I said Amir Abdullah did a Street Fighter celebration if you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> the man who doesn't mute himself because he always has something to say, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. How's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, I wish I could say that I was doing as well as the guy who put $55,000 on the Raiders to cover uh, <laughs> in that Hall of Fame game. Oh, he, no. They're, they're probably doing pretty well. I have heard, I, I know Jeremy, where Jeremy's going to take on this. I have heard from some of my Vegas guys that um, people think it's bad. It's bad business to bet on preseason games. But if you know which way a certain coach is going to go, like you, you can stand to, uh, if you know the teams well enough, you can stand to make some good money on, on taking advantage of preseason lines. No. To I'm everyone listening, to everyone listening, absolutely not. Do not do it. Even even when I saw that that wager had been placed, I even said that that person needed help. Like <laughs> that's why that phone number exists. One eight hundred gambler. Yes, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about the gambling. We're here to talk about the Detroit Lions. In a stunning development, we we are here to talk about the Detroit Lions, and uh, we've got another week. Uh, this time, the pads are on. The pads are on. We've had the scrimmage game at Ford Field. We've had a couple of injury scares. We're going to recap everything that's happened in the past week and get you ready for Hard Docs, which is coming out this week. Yes, Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. And guess what? We're going to have a post show, uh, an after show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Join us on there, 11 p.m. Eastern. We know it's late. We hope you will join us. Uh, we are going to do Talking Knots or whatever the Chad Hardwick title would be. <laughs> and the podcast will be on your feed bright and early for Tuesday mornings. So in case you in case you don't catch it live, 
where you don't catch the HBO Max before we are live on Twitch, you can watch it and then listen to us in a podcast format. How effing convenient is that? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. On demand in both after show and real show. The after show is the more important one. Sure. Yeah, just don't watch it and we'll recap it for you. We'll tell you exactly what happened. Blow for blow. It'll it'll be like you just watched the real thing. Right, we'll tell you, you how to Dan think. Campbell. What's that? Yes. We'll tell you how to think. Yes, that's right. About something you haven't seen. That's that's what we do on this on this podcast. That is our ideal thing. It's like hey, so someone who most, can't, most of you didn't go to training camp. I'm going to tell you how how to feel about training yeah, camp. Jeremy, Jeremy is Jeremy as the smug guy being like, I've been at training camp. I've been ah, every yes. day. I've seen every snap from the ivory tower of grit. <laughs> comes Jeremy Reisman to deliver reports, which is where we are going right now as we look at the big storylines from, he calls it week one on the rundown, which by which again, Jeremy's going to poo-poo on preceded games, but he is labeling week one and week two for training camp here. Where would you say, where do you want to start on the offense, Jeremy? Because we, we've got every position on here. We're not going to get to all of them, but like, what do you think if I just single out the offense here? What do you think is the biggest thing that wide is receiver. on your mind? Wide receivers? Is wide receiver. Without, I mean, obviously, that's question. the biggest That's the biggest fight, except for maybe tight end, I think, is quietly becoming a very important, interesting battle. But wide receivers, I mean, it's the position the Lions invested the most in. Let's talk about how you what you what you're seeing with the wide receivers right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm extremely promised by by the the play of, of the wide receivers. Obviously everyone by now I'm sure has seen that DJ Chark just balled out completely at, at, at the scrimmage. And that's super exciting. We were kind of waiting for him to break out a little bit. And, and I know there had been some that, that maybe were concerned about his ankle, not being fully up to speed and, and, and ready to go, but really all of camp, he's been good. Saturday, he was great. And it was contested catches. Like he talked a lot about, you know, his, his ball tracking, the way he, he can catch a ball. He can see a ball despite being in, in in decent coverage. And I think that's maybe one of the more promising things about the whole thing is because we've been talking all camp about how this deep ball has been there and and, and Chark and, and Reynolds have been really good at, at making big plays where we saw almost none of it last year. And understandably, there's been another side of fans that are like, okay, but what does this say about our secondary? And I'm not second saying the secondary has been great, but I'm saying in a lot of these cases, it's not like broken coverage like we saw last year. It's not guys with five-step leads on the other guys. These guys are just making some contested catches and and really adjusting to the ball well on the fly. And so it's kind of a win-win situation. But again, obviously, you still want your guys to make plays on defense. And and sure, they're, they're not doing that as much as, as you want. But man, I I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty promised by by the way, ever, like, you know, Amon Rod made a couple of plays during the, the scrimmage as well. And I think Reynolds has been, you know, when when Campbell said, I think it was a week or two ago, buy stock on Josh Reynolds, like he could have a, a, a really, really good season. At first, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. But the more I watch him, man, the more I'm like, this guy might be a legit number two, like legit, legit number two. And the exciting part is he's going to be the number three when JMO comes back in in a couple months. So I'm feeling really, really good about the performances of the wide receivers so far. And that's despite the injury, which we'll get to in a little bit. I guess my follow-up question, though, I, I've been really intrigued. I mean, of course, the Lions, especially they had, um, if I can recall what day it was, they had the super long practice. Yeah. Uh, was that Thursday? Wednesday. I think or, it was Wednesday. Okay. No, I think it was, it was either it was Tuesday Thursday. or Wednesday. It was Thursday's practice. Okay. Okay. Calendars yeah. are hard. Um, That's right. <laughs> it, it was Thursday's practice. Wednesday was a short one. They didn't have pads on. They took the day off. And then Thursday, I think, was the long practice that they had. Um Cause I was trying to make it to Wednesday and Thursday and whatever. Yeah. Regardless, uh, tons of highlights, even from Thursday's practice with yeah. DJ shark, just going off. And I guess the question that I have for you, Jeremy is, you know, Ben Johnson said something along the lines of, um, uh, you know, DJ shark, you know, talking to him about what he wants him to do as a wide receiver and shark saying like, they didn't ask me like to do this stuff in Jacksonville. Right. You know, what, what is that kind of stuff that DJ shark is doing in Detroit now that it seems, you know, just, he, he wasn't asked to do down in Jacksonville. It, I mean, it's a little bit of everything, right? They're they're they, they've said they want all of their wide receivers to be able to play all of the positions. So sometimes you're in the slot. Sometimes you're at the X. Sometimes you're at the Y. Sometimes you're at the Z. Sometimes you're running short routes. Sometimes you're running deep routes. And 
and I don't know if if right now the the plan is for that to continue into the regular season. I think part of it is just trying to figure out what you're good at, what you're best at, what you're be- best fit in is in this offense and, and what you can do best. And so I, I think part of it is that they're just they're just trying him everywhere. They're just doing things everywhere just to know where he fits best. But I also think he's going to be running more a, a, a bigger route tree than he did in Jacksonville. And in fact, I think that was one of the things he said when he signed here is like they told me, like, we want you everywhere. And and that was something that was intriguing to him because he felt like Jacksonville used him in a very minimalist kind of way, where it's just like, you're the deep ball guy because you can run fast. Well, lines know that you can run fast and, and that can be good on bubble screens. That can be good on regular screens. That can be good on, you know, five yard outs, things like that. And so I, I do think you're going to see more route, more of a route tree from him this year. But I think at some point they're kind of going to hone in on his role a little bit. And, and that seems like he's probably just going to be the X receiver most of the time. And then my, my other question is with Quintez Cephas's injury, yeah. um, is there any concern or any worry that that has him fall a leg behind in terms of, I, I wouldn't consider, I, I wouldn't, for, for whatever reason, I wouldn't consider him on the quote unquote roster bubble. But like, I mean, even just like giving somebody an inch, you know sure. what I mean? Like Trinity Benson. It's possible. It, the, the injury to me is really interesting because it looked like, you know, he wasn't putting any weight on that when it first happened. It looked like, you know, a potential knee injury that that's out for the year. And Dan Campbell comes on the, the mic the next day and says, actually, you know, it, it looks like he's going to be okay. I don't know if okay means ready to start the season okay, though. Like, I'm, right. I'm not I'm not entirely sure we're there. He hasn't really done much of anything. He's been at practice, but really not moving that much. He doesn't seem to be walking with a limp or anything like that. And he, Campbell also said it wasn't a knee injury, which I think is probably the most promising thing we've heard so far but i just don't know if that means he's going to be ready right right away yeah, and with he, the i with the ir rules changing to only four weeks like i think there's a chance you know he has to make the initial roster and then you could p- immediately put him on iron then he misses the first four weeks i think that's a potential with him which could open up a roster spot i personally think there's there's already going to be enough room for, for benson and cephas but this might open a road the the road for maybe a, an extra one if uh, obviously they can't make the initial roster unless they want to carry, it's seven. it's just it's so. just rough for Cephas just because like this would be the second year starting with an injury too. Oh, like and that's part of the calculus that they got to make on it. It's it's been kind of the story of his young career because we we keep seeing yeah. the flashes and then like it just it shuts down and he's having a good camp too. And so I well, I hope maybe my my intuition is wrong here that that maybe maybe we see him in a couple weeks. Um, but I I do think it's 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 got the potential to open up a roster spot for sure. I do think so. Well, I, I was curious about this because I know the Lions signed Maurice Alexander, you know, played with Philadelphia in the yeah. USFL. Yeah. Um, I think what he doing there, he had like 20 receptions, 230, 234 yards. So that's an average of like uh, 11.7 per reception. You know, he had come out of FIU in 2019, hadn't really got much of a sniff. So Lions are dipping into the minor league into the spring ball minor league well that is slowly trying to produce fruit i know that and, the usfl has had some people being picked up just like people were picked up from the aef and from the U- from the xfl as well sure so but i mean you talk about cephas's injury there and i know there's there's an embarrassment of like who could be wide receiver seven but i mean if they if they pick up maurice alexander or giving him a fair look in preseason like Something to keep an eye on because he's it, had real football experience. I know that it's up against USFL caliber defenses, but also with a USFL caliber quarterback throwing to him. Sure. And and if I'm being completely honest, like he looked fine. Like he looked like an NFL wide receiver. He looked like a guy capable of being a backup, um, running good routes. And, and he also was a return specialist for in, in the USFL. And so. we know how much the Lions love guys who can do special team stuff. Yeah. And, and so the guys that, that if there is that extra spot on the roster that he's battling, it's, you know, Khalil Pimpleton, like the, the guy that everyone seems to love. We, we saw, we saw them all kind of return kicks and, and Pimpleton fumbled. And I think it was Josh Johnson uh, muffed a kickoff. And then, and then you see Maurice Alexander go in there and it's just like effortless, effortless catch and catch and run down the field. So um, may, maybe it's just, he kind of has that rush rust already off because he played in the USFL. He played spring ball, but I'm not completely counting him out. I think he's already ahead of Josh Johnson for sure. Um, I'm trying to look down the the other list of of guys that 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 are in kind of that that competition. Tom Kennedy is a guy that they like and uh, has 
I, I maybe has a shot if if Quintus Cephas because he he also made a couple of big plays in, in the Ford field. Well, we practice, know but... we know the coaching staff does like Tom Kennedy a lot. Yeah, it's just a matter of how, how much that seems to. <laughs> how much does that like translate into we will give you a roster spot, young buck kind yeah. of? That's that's ultimately that's the fun. thing. And I mean, it it has winnowed out a little bit. Corey Sutton, uh, UDFA from App State this year, like retired yeah. uh, before the season, which is. That's not like I, I, I people ask me about that now and then. That's not weird. That's not unheard of. Some guys get to the NFL and realize the struggle to make a roster just isn't for them or and yeah. just want to get on and do other things, you know? Yep. So uh, let's see. We got a little bit of time. We can probably talk about tight ends as well, uh, considering that we've got some interesting developments there. I'm just pulling up my notes. Excuse me for one second. Um, James Mitchell back to work. Um, and I think I, I wanted to go here though, but because Dan Campbell had some interesting comments and obviously Dan Campbell, former NFL tight end himself was talking about what he's looking for in tight ends. And I think maybe Jeremy, you were looking at this as far as we were talking about like what, um, what he's looking for in a tight end. And, you know, obviously he wants the hybrid, he wants the blocker, he wants the, the pass catcher. And I mean, that's, that's like, yeah, no duh. But I think the interesting thing is he named Shane Zilstra as his example of a hybrid. Yeah, that, that caught me off guard. Um, All of that kind of caught me off guard because it seems like to me, he laid out exactly what the roster is going to be. There's going to be three tight ends. There's going to be TJ Hawkins and there's going to be that blocker in the hybrid. And And the blocker is probably Brock, Wright. Yeah. Yeah, for now it seems like it's although he Brock says Wright. Garrett Garrett Griffin is battling it out with him. But. Well, yeah, and and the other thing with Garrett Griffin is that right now we we still have Jason Cabinda on on the pup, and we don't really know what that situation is. But I haven't seen him out there at all. I don't see him like close to ready. I don't see him running on the sidelines or anything like that. So if that bleeds in to the regular season, well, then suddenly there's another roster spot, and we're talking more about an injury opening a roster spot, and Garrett Griffin might be that guy. But going back to Zilstra, like. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't really see the blocking out of him quite, quite yet. And so to hear him label Zilstra as that hybrid, maybe that, that lead that Brock Wright has on a guy like Shane Zilstra isn't as big as I thought. And maybe that's kind of the camp battle to keep your eye on because I do think James Mitchell, I don't know if he's a, if he's a roster lock, but the fact that now he's, he's finally getting some of the team reps that, that he missed in the first week of practice means he's really going to be able to make an impact and, and show why he deserves a raw spot. Obviously a fifth round pick, you want to try to keep him because he's got the potential there, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of an, I, I think, I think we're finally going to start to see some movement here in the tight end group. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I I guess I, I, I assumed it was pretty much set in stone that it was, Probably going to be Brock Wright, probably going to be TJ Hawks, and probably going to be James Mitchell, and, and and we'll leave it there. But I think Shane Zilstra and now Garrett Griffin, because of that injury to to uh, commit to now, there's there's a shot that both those guys could make it. Yeah, I think the injury to Cabinda isn't isn't you know a huge issue. Um, I, I know the Lions would much rather have him in the lineup than not, but I think that definitely does pave the way for somebody like Garrett Griffin who. You know, like like you mentioned, and a lot of your observations from training camp has been repping at that spot that Cabinda would would operate in, and obviously some familiarity with you know playing with the Saints and while Dan Campbell was there. So I think maybe that might give him the inside track, depending on how long Cabinda is going to be out. Yep. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our observations. We might we'll probably move over to the defense. We got to talk about. One injury in particular that is uh, 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 not great, Bob. Not great at all. We'll talk about the battle that's been going on in the backfield, and we'll uh, talk about Aiden Hutchinson, the boy. So we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, continuing to go over notes from the second week of training camp. And uh, we it's, it's, it's fascinating because the first few weeks of training camp before the preseason games, it, it's all crunched in a very specific way now. And even to the point where September is still technically teams feeling out, uh, you know, where they are, Jeremy. Like it's it, the, the, I didn't think the exclusion of the fourth preseason game would change things, but I feel like for a lot of teams, it really has. I think we were talking during the break and this will be something interesting to think about when we go to the preseason game. One is how much like someone like Jared Goff will play because I've, I've been told by some people that like what teams like to do now is they're starting to look towards like joint practices on where to play their quarterbacks more just because you control the teams control the whistle at joint practices. So you can avoid your quarterback getting hit. You can just blow it before when it looks like he's about to get blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Joint practices are just over a week away for, for the lions. And so, yeah, who I are think... they, who they have for joint practices? It's not the Falcons. <clears throat> is it? No, it's, it's the Colts. It's the Colts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my friends, your friends, my friends. Yeah. And so that, that'll be fun. I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to make it my way down there so that we'll, we'll have some coverage there as well. But um, yeah, no, uh, it, it will be interesting to see, the lines, I'd imagine the lines are going to get their their starters a good amount of playing time still in the preseason because they're they're kind of schematically new on both sides of the ball, at least schematic schematically different. Um, so I, I think they're going to want as many game opportunities as as they can. Yeah. So let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll have out a preview podcast. I think you guys were talking about first bite to preview preseason game one here this week as well as the Lions will take on the Falcons. Uh, let's get back into our notes, though. Uh, real quick, I did mention the backfield. I did want to go to because um, I I don't know I, I I have him on my bubble watch as a hard out, but you seem to Jeremy to believe in that the Jermar Jefferson stock is maybe trending upwards right now, maybe. And and that's more based on what Dan Campbell said than than what I've perceived with my own eyes because Dan Campbell, he he pointed out I think he was asked about Derek Barnes and he's like there's two guys to me that's that stepped up in year two of their career and he says Derek Barnes is one of them but the other is Jamar Jefferson and I'm like oh that kind of came out of nowhere um because I I haven't quite seen it yet he's still pretty much repping as kind of fourth or fifth in line behind obviously the the two starters and then you've got. Godwin and uh, and Craig Reynolds, but in terms of special teams, you you, you can see it getting there. Uh, a lot of times, I think it's interesting in camp. He's going specifically against uh, Godwin, 
who is who's their special teams guy. And so you have Jamar Jefferson and Godwin Iguabuke going against each other in either a blocking drill or or whatever it is. Um those I think those are really meaningful full reps and and maybe I I don't know if they're the I don't know if Godwin's really on the bubble right now because I don't know who else they would have at kick return, but they're they're really trying Jamar in a lot of different special teams spots. And and even Dave Fipp, you know, mentioned he, he was looking a lot better on special teams in year two. He still needs to improve. But I don't know. I, I look at how his performance in the Ford field scrimmage and he, he lost a couple of yards, and, but then he had one really good kind of red zone drive where it was almost entirely him. I think he ran the ball three or four times and got a touchdown from, in, from the 25 in. And so I, I think there's a chance. I think, I think if he has a really good preseason, I think maybe, maybe the preseason is going to be really important for him um, because I, I do still think he's kind of on that roster bubble. And I don't think the Greg Bell injury really changed that at all for him at all. I'm pretty interested in Justin Jackson. And I know that the Lions, I mean, we haven't really seen a whole lot from him just because he got to, you know, got to the team last week. But the Justin Jackson thing, I think, is interesting because they got a guy who clearly excels in short bursts. I mean, he never has graded well in terms of uh, being a pass blocker or anything like that, which might put him, a, you know, a peg down in, in Deuce Daly's book. But, I mean, he's a guy who's been a really dependable player in spot duty. Um, I know he played a little bit for Austin Eckler when Austin Eckler was down with the chargers, but I mean, this is a guy who carries a uh, five yards per carry average. Uh, He's very useful in the receiving game um, as well. So I'm intrigued to see him get a shot legitimately to, to maybe be a guy that the lions do hang on to. Moving on to the defense. uh, One of the big storylines that came out this week is uh, Levi on Um, I don't want to panic, Jeremy, but it's starting to uh, – I think we got some optimistic news today on, on an update about his injury. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, we, we were worrying about Josh Pascal, and I guess we should have probably worried about Levi and his availability. It's This is a part of the defensive line that up the center is – we're kind of identifying as a weak point, and Levi is struggling with injuries again. Yeah, I mean, I there's there's really been no updates on him since he, you know, I, I think we we got maybe a brief like, oh, we're we're just trying to be, you know, I think it was with him and T.J. Hawkins. They both didn't show up in after Monday's practice on Tuesday. Yeah, I know Dan kind of. I, I think what I when I called it positive, it was just I think Rogers had ID'd as positive and says like um, says they both got banged up a little bit on the pre on the previous day, so we're right. trying to be smart with both the guys. That, so like that, he he, da- he downplays it a bit, but right. But that, that was back on Tuesday. Yeah. And we haven't seen him since not, we haven't even seen him out there with the, the players, which it's not good. Usually if you're, you're ready to go, you're, you're stretching, you're, you're jogging, you're doing stuff like that. Now he could potentially be doing that all inside and, and just not want to be in, in the middle of it. But you, you, here's the thing. Even if Levi's going to be okay, even if Levi's going to be more than ready for week one, this is now the second training camp where he's missed a lot of time. He missed, remember, like he had the back hip injury, whatever it was last year, and missed like two, three weeks of training camp. Now he's missing at least one more week, and and he's not he's not out there doing the mental reps either. And this is a young player. This is a guy that they're banking on taking a year two jump. This is a guy that they have a lot invested in. He's a second round pick, and. I don't know, man. Like I, I don't. We don't know what kind of injury is. We don't know if it, the, the back is flaring up again. We don't know if this is something completely new. All we know is there was kind of a a pile of bodies that fell during Monday's practice, and he was amongst them, and he was slow to get up. And if he's physically fine, great. But now he's missing a lot of time to hone in on his game, to to practice, to ramp up, and that's not good, man. And it's really not good to do it two years in a row, like he's not a guy that I trust that you can just throw out there without a month's worth of practice and be ready to go and firing on all cylinders in week one. He hasn't earned that level of trust for me. And so you can say all that, you know, he put in all the work to get physically ready and, and to get his body ready and to, to kind of put the back injury in the rearview mirror. But if he's not getting the actual reps out there in practice, how am I to believe that he's going to be a better player? And so I am a little concerned. Yeah. I'm really concerned. I mean, for all the reasons that you just laid out, but 
the interesting thing is what we just talked about the running backs and Dan Campbell saying, Hey, the guys who have made the biggest jump from year one to year two have been Derek Barnes and Jamar Jefferson. Ask any Lions fan before training camp. Maybe the name that you're most wanting to hear come out of Dan Campbell's mouth is Levi Onzerike. And he's, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if he, like you said, Jeremy, if he's physically ready, if he's not out on the field getting ready for the season, he's falling behind. And this is the second year in a row. So I'm really concerned about the guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a not not fun at all. Um, uh, going to the edges, though, I'm not as worried about Aiden Hutchinson. I have seen some people start to panic. Uh, he's the, the, the flare on Aiden has come off just a little bit. I know there was like one particular play, like he bit hard on a screen and, uh, his, his, his attitude and his violence got the better of him and missed out from what I understand. I, I might've read that wrong. I don't I'm so sorry. Um, but no, I think Jeremy that, uh, I don't know. I I've seen some fans start to, uh, backpedal on Aiden Hutchinson. I think that's premature. Like, of course, every every edge rusher is going to be young. He's extremely eager. He's going to be a little raw, but uh, no, I it definitely was a bit of a step down this week from Aiden Hutchinson, but still are looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like we have to remember this this offensive Rookie. line is is pretty damn good. Okay, yeah, <laughs> the offensive too. yeah that yeah. was the story of of day one and pads was the offensive line just kicked everybody's ass. There, there's no other way to put it. That first team offensive line was just killing people and Aiden Hutchinson was above them. And of course, one of those reps goes online. Um, the, the lines probably shouldn't have put it online. If I'm being completely honest of, of Sewell, just completely locking down Hutchinson and all of the, all of the OSU fans, all of the, the lions haters, all of the people are like, Oh, this guy's supposed to be the next Joey Bosa. Like, okay. He's going against <laughs> up against maybe the best young right tackle in football. And it's day one. Maybe, maybe tone it down a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I've seen, I've seen promising things from Aiden Hutchinson. I've seen things that make him look like a rookie, and that's called being a rookie in training camp. Like that's just how it works. And I'm not concerned about anything with him. I, I, I know he's going to be fine. Um, and there's been enough flashes where I'm like, okay, this guy, once he, he figures out everything, once he learns the scheme, once he learns what he can and can't get away with at the NFL level, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I think the thing I'm most concerned about at this point with Aiden Hutchinson is how well he can uh, cover Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. So hopefully... Word is uh, <laughs> no pro- no reason to be concerned there. Yeah, I I really hope that's a hard knocks thing. That has oh, to be. There it, has I, to is that, be. I have it on good authority that is 1,000% going to be in the show. Could that but, maybe be... We've been talking about maybe like... During some of the breaks, we've been talking about what's the next thing we're gonna song we're gonna make catch on for the Lions after our Billie campaign Jean? of Africa. Is it gonna be Billy Jean? I mean, I don't like Michael Jackson at all, but we'll we'll workshop that. My 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 legitimate thing that I'm probably most surprised with this training camp, Jeremy, like as a whole, Austin Bryant is a guy that a lot of us had off the roster. Oh yeah, yeah. After the he's after been, the draft, after the draft, dr- drafting Hutchinson, drafting Pascal. Uh, you know, bringing Charles Harris back. It was almost kind of like, maybe Romeo might be back. Maybe he might not. But even then, like, there's no spot for Austin Bryan. There's a lot of people who are saying that Austin Bryan's having the best camp of any Detroit Lions player. It's crazy. And it came out of nowhere. And good for for Austin Bryant, because I remember on on the preview podcast, we're like, he's got to shine right from the get-go, because there are a couple injuries that are going to give him some opportunities, and he's taking advantage. Now, it's always worth pointing out like you got to pump the brakes a little bit because he's going against the offensive, the second team offensive tackles most of the time. And the lines don't have a lot of depth there, right? Like even Matt Nelson, we all saw what Matt Nelson looked like when he was in the starting lineup as a starting right tackle didn't look good. And the other guys, you know, being as a, you know, will, will Holden, is he still here? I don't even know. Like it, it's not, it's not a great set of offensive tackles to be going against, but if, if you're blowing up backups in the NFL, well, guess what? That makes you better than a backup. Like that makes you starting level potential. And so with, with not knowing the, the future of Josh Pascal, it, it seems like there's a, at least a decent chance he starts on, on the pup. And I, I think it's almost certain that Romeo starts there. Well, like now we're starting to see some positions open up. And if Levi, maybe I, it, there's just so many kind of injuries on that defensive line and, and unknown that, 
a guy like Austin Bryant may have just worked his way on into the rotation, not only into 53, but into the rotation where he might get some, some heavy playing time early in the season. Well, speaking of uh, hype and things thereof, we'd be remiss to not talk about in this part about hype, Malcolm Rodriguez, who has already skyrocketed up to be taking reps with the second and then with the first team. Yeah. He's getting, which is either. Yeah. I mean, that's either a, I think it's a little bit of both here that it is both a testament to his skill that, and their, their promise that they have in Malcolm Rodriguez, but also to the fact that there's not anywhere else to go with this linebacker unit too. Hey man, look, his key in diagnose for being a rookie. I, I like that this has become the let's test out our Dan Campbell impression podcast. Yeah, I don't think sure. we've ever done we that need before. to do now more of it. Now we're too deep. I'm going to work on it a lot, but like, man, I feel like give I me feel... another, just give me another black guy here. We got to get this going. I, I could, I could just like, I don't know. I could close my eyes and I can, I can just hear Dan Campbell talking about key and diagnose with Malcolm Rodriguez. Cause it's like the, I guess the compliment, right? Jeremy is that like, he's, he's doing things that rookies in terms of, being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and it, it was all talk in the spring, right? It was, it was Kelvin Shepard hyping up his dude. It was him looking good against, you know, in rookie minicamp. Well, of course he's going to look good. He's, he's a rookie and everyone else around him is a rookie. Um, But he's listen, he's, he's living up. And I think maybe one of the most telling quotes, and it also is a quote that I think shows you, maybe we have to pump the brakes a little bit, but it, it was Dan Campbell talking about how he has to be perfect, right? Like at his size, he has to be perfect with his reads. He has to be perfect with his instincts. But he kind of has been perfect so far. Like, and that that's kind of like where that conversation was going because man, when he's just he's blowing people up in practice. He's 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 reading the plays right. And just that physical nature, you know, is just gonna be so endearing to Dan Campbell. And and I, listen, I don't think he's going to enter week one as the starter. But I think there are going to be sub packages for him in week one where he's going to get on the field. Like there, I a month ago I was probably like maybe we get to see him in some rotational packages towards the end of the year. Now I'm like I don't think we're going to have to wait that long. Yeah, it's uh, again it linebackers are fascinating. I know Sean Dion Hamilton's look good in pads as well. Like, but it's again my point is that there's not we've kind of I, I the defensive tackles turning into a mess has. Uh, has taken a lot of spotlight away from the linebackers being something Lions have needed to figure out. But like Malcolm Rodriguez and Sean Dion Hamilton looking good is a good sign that they'll at least have some options moving forward into the season. I don't think it, this linebacker unit will be set at all once we start this season. The the only other guy I want to talk about in that linebacking court, even though there's there's a ton of them just that are interesting, right. is Anthony Pittman. <clears throat> um, I, because... I have a question that I want to ask you about Pittman. Okay, Go, it, lead, lead, hit me. Because here's the thing. I think coming into training camp, we all thought, hey, Jared Davis is a guy who's going to be playing on the edge. Yeah. Like what? him and Anthony Pittman just freaky Friday. Is, is that what happened? <laughs> it's an, So I, I actually asked Dan Campbell about both those guys because I, I was having the same kind of ideal. And so I asked him one day, you know, why is Jared Davis not taking reps on the edge anymore? And why? And then I was like, Anthony Pittman, like he's everywhere now. And with with Jared, he it was more like, um, we're just trying to get him to work. Like, I think it was more like, we know what he can do on the edge. We want him to get better on the off ball stuff on the Mike linebacker stuff. And then he, he also said, interestingly enough, once they get into more third downs situations, they're going to kind of, they're, they are going to move him back out there. And so we, ha- I don't think we've seen that yet. Um, so to be continued with, with Jared Davison and, and his <laughs> role on the outside, because I know Lions fans are that that's what was the, the smidge of excitement of Jared bringing Jared Davis back is like, Oh, well this coaching staff might actually use him where he's valuable, which is as an edge kind of rusher. And so it sounds like in obvious passing downs, that still might be part of the plan with him. Um, but with, with uh, Anthony Pittman, like it, it, it is a little bit of both. And they, they said, you know, he said he, they like his speed. They like his, his explosion. But they, but Dan Campbell is also very clear that like his main role with this team right now is going to be special teams, and it's something that he's still very good at. And so 
Um, I think it's just like, okay, we know you're, you're good at special teams. Where else can you can you win a, a roster spot? And wh- I mean, part of it is also like they, they need healthy bodies on the edge. Ju- Julian O'Quara has missed the past two practices too. So uh, I think it's just giving him an extra opportunity is just like, we we need bodies on the edge. So let's see if you can do it. You've you've got all the physical parts to do it. Um, and, and for the most part, like he looks like a weapon out there. And so the more, the more opportunities you can show, the, the the more places on the field where you can show like you you can make the field you can you can play that position better chance you have to make the 53 and so i think i think he's making a good case for himself right now too we got a little bit of time before we take our last break here um i wanted to get in okuda while we could uh once again fan fan opinions on okuda starting to fray i think the will harris jeff okuda battle is still about even but uh, Akuda's missed two days in a row. Uh, I, I want to start with Ryan on this one. Are you worried at all on Okuda's progress or his promise or fending off Harris as far as this quote-unquote battle but um, or anything? I, I'm not worried about Akuda right now. I just want to see him play in the regular season. I think that's what everybody wants to see, right? <laughs> and yeah. the problem is my concern started when it was, okay, now it's, you know, Amani has his spot it's between Will Harris and Jeff Okuda. Like that's when my concern started. And I understand if you want to make the argument that, you know, moving Will Harris to full-time outside corner uh, where maybe he should have been all along where he's, he's looked his best. Isn't necessarily a bad thing because if you have a competent guy there, you know, on the outside opposite of Amani, like that's going to be a huge upgrade um, over what the lions had last year. But I'm just still holding out so much hope that like Okuda is going to, you know, like a phoenix man, just like rise from the ashes and like <laughs> reclaim his spot. And without that happening, like without that happening, I guess I should say like unanimously or very decisively, my concern remains. And I don't know. That, that's I don't think you're going to be able to talk me out of that, Jeremy. No, I, I won't. Um, the, the one thing I'll say is like, it, it would have been silly for us to expect him to be like, oh, like he's clearly a, a lockdown corner day one of training camp, right? 100%. He's coming back from an Achilles injury. <laughs> right. Like the fact that he's like not on, you know, the pup like Romeo Aquara, like that's a good thing. That's, and it's a huge accomplishment too. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, it's going to take him a while to get in like, that football mentality where everything is clicking in terms of just his feet, his footwork, his, his handwork, his instincts, all that sort of stuff still needs to come back to him because this dude hasn't played competitive football in almost 12 months. And even then he played for three quarters and then it was done. So uh, it's going to take a while. I, I don't know whether to be concerned right now about the injury question mark. Like we, we don't really know. Maybe this was always the plan is to scale back once the pads came on, like they're doing with Taylor Decker, like they're doing with DeAndre Swift. Maybe it was just like, all right, let's pull back a little bit and then we'll put you back in. Maybe it's something new. What we know is, is this, like he was out there on Friday, not doing team drills. I don't, I don't know if he was doing individual stuff or not, but he was out there. He, he went through warmups and then he wasn't there Saturday. And, and the thing that maybe has me at least mildly concerned about Saturday is I didn't see him out there at all. He wasn't there. And and that's that's unlike Jeff Okuda, right? Like he's he's been the guy that's been out there completely and, and wants to be mentally engaged. Um, but a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys that weren't dressed weren't there. I don't think Jerry Jacobs was there. I don't think we saw him. So maybe maybe it means something, maybe it means nothing. I don't want to jump too far into into speculation because I mean they have practice tomorrow. Maybe he's just there tomorrow and and yeah, we're we're making mountains out of molehills here, but um, in general, I don't think I'm concerned about his injury. I definitely not concerned about his play yet, but I would like to see him start getting a little more PBUs, a little more, you know, mentioning him and in, in observations and things like that. I, to be clear, he's not playing poorly. It's just, he hasn't really stuck out in, in a positive manner yet either in that way of, if, like you were, like, I think a lot of people are hoping that he would decisively take back a, a starting role. He hasn't done that yet. We're going to take our last break here. When we come back, uh, we might hit on Jared Goff a little bit. I think some people want us to hit on him, and then we will start to get ready for hard knocks. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, but uh, we got more things we're excited about and want to see on hard knocks, including uh, Billy Jean, I guess. That's that's another element to it. It's it's fascinating. I, I, I have some thoughts as far as hard knocks from like a national perspective about 
where Hard Knocks is and how I think people are still really interested to see the Lions. So we'll talk about that all. We'll be right back in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pride Detroit POD cast. Uh, before we get back into our final segment, we do like to read reviews. If you send us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, we will read it on the air. We, it helps us to get our rating up, and we are the most, as we say every week, we are the most rated lion show on Apple Podcasts. Damn straight. We want to keep it that way. We also, you can also give us a rating on Spotify. It won't have uh, any reviews there, but we do appreciate those who rate us and give us five stars on Spotify as well, because it helps put us into a better position to keep delivering our nonsense to you. And yeah, we specialize in that. We have Absolutely. fun. We have fun with the Lions. It is our entire, like, mo we've been doing it for seven damn years and we were we were here to do the funny things because sports are supposed to be fun so for that with that in mind jeremy you have some more reviews for us we still have a massive backlog reviews to get through so trying to catch up more we'll do four more here start with a very short one from our friend ty skag says have a great baby awesome podcast keep up that's a twitch joke that's a twitch joke you can find about it all if you join us on twitch.tv slash pride to detroit uh, let's move. Let's just keep it moving along here. The Truth 14 says the podcast I need. I live in Kansas City by the way of Flint, Michigan. I travel back and forth between the two cities and all I want to listen to is the POD cast. Great hosts, great news and info and awesome interactions between you three. Keep it up and go Lions. Good Lord. Appreciate that. Uh, Nani N with the next one. Great Lions podcast says an excellent Lions podcast with a good mixture of going in depth on individual topics, yet still covering a lot of ground. Lots of fan interaction where they actually let fans talk. Maybe a little too much with the callers, but I won't name names. LOL. Good insider info and doesn't take itself too seriously. Worth a listen. We, we yeah, we, things got a little out of control on Spotify lives at times, but yeah, uh, we 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 found some characters in our in our universe which was fun Thanks. uh next one j mate j mape will say 21 tier one podcast five star says as a connecticut resident starved for lions content and subscriber of 10 other lions podcasts can confidently say the pod cast is alone in tier number one please never go away High try praise. not to go away <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's 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 fascinating i love getting reviews from like i i was talking about this the other the other day like i love our international listeners i love our people abroad like i love everyone in detroit but it i do love when i hear from people like outside of michigan yeah it's, it's just it's, it's insane to me especially especially people that aren't transplants just people that are fans Some, um yeah yeah last one we'll read is i love lions football says great lions podcast great content for any lions fans i listen every week so i can get my kool-aid on and it does not disappoint appreciate all the reviews guys thank you we're we're almost catching up which means you guys need to if you haven't already give us reviews but uh more five-star reviews let's go thank you to everyone who has let's talk about jared goff a little bit uh before we get to hard knocks because i know that is the one position we really didn't cover um in our notes and i don't know jeremy you you have down here with a question mark next to it deep paul deep ball is here yeah i can talk i can talk correctly deep ball is here question mark what do you mean by that with the question mark well i mean so far so good on on you know making sure that this team isn't top bottom five in terms of yards per attempt this year and 
I think a lot of it, we, we talked about the wide receivers at the top of the show, but I think we also have to point to Jared Goff as a guy who seems more confident in just attempting to push the ball downfield. Because like I said, this isn't, op- this isn't, these aren't opportunities where the wide receivers have gained four steps on the, on the defensive back. These are occasionally tight window throws and Goff is not as afraid to throw them this year. And that's, a, I mean, that's huge. The, the, I think the big one of the big criticisms for Goff in the past three years, not just last year, is just he does not seem willing nor capable of pushing the ball downfield, and now he is. Now, does that mean suddenly we are going to get Pro Bowl Jared Goff and, and all of the Lions' offensive woes have been saved? I'm not ready to cross that bridge yet. I think there's still some other issues with Jared Goff, notably holding onto the ball a little bit too long, processing a little slowly, not having a ton of mobility that might get him in trouble. Um, one time during the uh, the scrimmage yesterday, um, he he I, I feel like he kind of unnecessarily tried to escape the pocket, and that's when Eric Banks drew a holding penalty on Panay Sewell because when you run outside of Panay Sewell, you know Sewell's trying to block him from the inside, but if you run outside of Panay Sewell, well, suddenly kind of has to hold this guy to make sure he doesn't follow and get Jared Goff. So. It, the penalty goes on Sewell, but it's kind of Jared Goff's fault. And those are the kind of things that I'm still concerned about. But it would be extremely disingenuous of me not to note that he looks like an entirely different quarterback than he did at this time last year. And the reasons are obvious, right? He's more comfortable in Detroit. Mm. He's more comfortable in this offense. I think he has an de- offensive coordinator that he has a better working relationship with. And he's got better weapons. So I'm not ready to say this is a top 10 quarterback capable of an MVP season again but it's impossible to note that he looks much better. And I would not expect the kind of quarterback play that we saw in September and October last year. I think that's going to be really important for him too, right? Like I think there was so much made about how, you know, Anthony Lynn and kind of installing that new offense on the go with, you know, receivers that they didn't even think were going to be playing the kind of time that they were going to be playing like Khalif Raymond and and, and such. So I, I think it's really important that golf gets off to, you know, uh, a good start, like right from the jump. Absolutely. I think we covered everything from our notes. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about hard knocks? Yeah. We're going to have the it. after we, as we talked, said before, we're going to have the after show. And uh, I guess, what are we expecting at this point? I, I, I wanted to I, actually real quick before that. I wanted to say, like, I feel like from talking with people who have been in the media or just around other places or have no ties to lions, it is fascinating to see that a lot of people, especially last year, there was a very, there was this apathy. And I think a lot of people said that hard knocks has kind of run its course. Like nobody was really interested in watching the Cowboys on hard knocks. And I saw almost nothing about the hard knocks in season, which felt like a bit of a hail Mary play to get people to pay attention to hard knocks again. But I will say this, Dan Campbell is that X factor. And it seems like a lot of people, want to watch the excitement and the uh, energy the lions are probably going to put on hard knocks. Yeah. If we get, if we get the good cuts that we think we're going to get and that I mean, it's, it, if it's not too edited down that we're going to get, you know, exciting, weird guys rather than just some, you know, very, you know, stilled angry people all the time. I think I'm not going to say it's going to breathe life into hard knocks, but I've definitely seen more interest for people who are non lions fans to be interested in hard knocks this year. And I, I think it starts and ends with the personalities on the coaching staff. Like the car knocks has made it clear both in terms of what they've already showed, what they've already leaked. And in terms of, you know, Shannon Furman, the, 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 the director of, of hard knocks has gone on a couple, you know, Detroit media spins where she's kind of explained what they're looking at. And she's made it very clear. Like, this Lions coaching staff is intriguing and nothing like she's seen. Like she's, she's a hard knocks veteran. So she's seen all these coaching staff and she sees how unique this is and how energetic they are. And so, I mean, we just watched a clip of, of Lions practice recaps uh, from the Lions point of view. And half of it was Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley going at each other. And so that's that, like that stuff. It, if you're not there at training camp practice, you're missing out because it's, it's a riot. And I, I imagine we're going to see a ton of it. And I, I know they're going to lean into like the coaches being former players and all that. So I think that's going to breathe a lot of life into the show because I feel like people, the thing that people get tired on is just like, okay, we get it. Like it's, it's a grueling four weeks for these guys. The, 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 the guys on the roster bubble are, are 
you know, you know, emotion pulling. It's kind of yeah, I feel it's like formulaic, they, right? Like yeah. with the guys on the roster bubble, like okay, some of these guys are going to make it, some of them aren't, and they you get to know them in the first four episodes, and then some of them are there, and some of them aren't, and it's sad or happy. Um, this I feel like this is going to have a fresh feeling, and the one thing that I think they told the uh, the Dungeon of Doom guys that they're bringing back for the first time in like four or five years is sit down interviews with the players and coaches, which is interesting. Like, I don't, I don't even really remember that ever being a part of hard knocks, but um, that could, that could also breathe a little bit of energy into the show. I'd love a light, nice smash cut to like Dan Campbell sent, you know, giving some Michael Jordan. I took that personally right? kind of, kind of talk, <laughs> but um, no, I think, I think you mentioned the formulaic it, it's definitely something I have noticed. I think when Hard Knocks first started, it was a lot more self-serious about like the gruelingness of it. And I think the Lions can bring a f- bit of fresh air with like just the way they carry themselves and have fun. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I'm I'm most intrigued in it, this. What this happened in between our uh, our podcast segments, but like the Aaron Glenn and Deucey stuff. Like I want to see all of that content. Yeah all of that content needs to be on my football screen. And I think like as big as the players are in terms of storylines and everything, like the coaching staff is arguably just as interesting, if not more compelling than, than what's really going on in the roster. And I'm not trying to say that as like an indictment on, you know, the personalities of any of the players or anything. I'm sure there's going to be tons of players that emerge uh, in terms of, getting this opportunity to to get themselves out there more transparently, but man, like it's, it's coaching staff. Number yeah. one, that's, that's the thing that I am most excited to see. And that's, and yeah, like I said, like, I think that's hard knocks already knows that. And I think that's going to be a huge part, but yeah, like, like you said, I think there, there are a lot of players too, right? Like we, we, we know that hard knocks went to the, the St. Brown family uh, residence. Household. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, Who's who's not excited to see more Amonra? I, I know I think Chris, I, Chris has got a grin ear to ear right now. Like I have, I have head cannon of the St. Brown family, and I want it <laughs> validated. But also, I mean, we've we've had our interviews with him. We love him to death. But how much are we going to get a Jamal Williams? Let's go, let's go, baby. Funny, yeah. Just get, I mean, yeah especially now that you tell me they're going to do sit downs. I want him just doing a sit down talking about jojo's bizarre adventure <laughs> trying to explain that to hbo i don't think they're gonna i don't think that's no. gonna make the, the cut i know i know i know it's not i don't care let me have but, my mind castle but man like him I, and, and i want to like stress this too because we had him for an interview after practice i think it was like it was early in the week last week and we had to wait an hour like literally an hour because after practice he spent an hour talking to fans and signing things and, and receiving gifts. Like that's become the thing now is everyone's giving an anime gifts. And so um, I, I hope they, they do him due diligence and just in terms of his overall kindness um, beyond just kind of the quirkiness of him, I think is, is something that I, I want to see. And then like the other guys, like I, I still want him to see, I Jeff Okuda to me still remains such an enigma that that doesn't, isn't very media. I don't want to say media savvy, but just not a lot of interest in, in interacting with the media. So I hope hard knocks gets a little bit out of him mm-hmm. because I, I think his journey is ju- is just fascinating. Any other I plays think, you guys? No, I, I just think the thing for me more than anything right now is like looking at this. Cause like, look, I, I know we're coming off as like overly excited about the guys who are here, but I think that's all because we like characters. We like personalities Right. And regardless of what this team does this year, as far as wins and losses, I'm at least interested right now in this moment with kind of a weird cast of, of just weirdos that the, that the Detroit lions are right now. That's what it comes down to. It's like me, if, if I'm approaching this as a neutral NFL fan, a neutral sports fan, the fact that there, that this is such an oddball group is a good selling point. It gets people interested in the, it gets people excited about the Detroit lions. It, there is legitimate like national interest in the Detroit lions that and any other way that the Detroit lions would carry themselves. People would just be like, yeah, I don't care about the Detroit lions. It's just one of those other teams at the bottom of the NFL. Nobody cares. But that is, if you, if you can say nothing else, at least for PR for getting people to maybe tune in and root for the lions, Dan Campbell's, regime has done a pretty good job so far 
And I think it's part of the reason why they were interested yeah. in, at least had a little bit of interest in being on Hard Knocks this year is because they, they understand it's a PR move. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they asked to be on Hard Knocks. Most teams run sort away of. from Hard Knocks. Yeah. The sort of, sort of, but like, I guess, I guess my point is like, I, I just, I, I know that's eventually going to get to the old heads who are be like, I don't care as long as they just win football right. games. Like that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. But I think what's kept me sticking around talking about the lions has been, this has been an incredibly interesting team. And I think this year in particular, it's been more than it's been the most interesting it's been in a long time. I, I think what I'm, what I'm really looking forward to, as I mentioned you know, I think that there are some personalities on this team that can be tapped and and can end up, you know, being really interesting and compelling. Uh, but just for so long, it seemed like this team was so shrouded in mystery. You know, I mean, yeah. like going back to the Patricia years, I mean, there weren't a lot of players that were like, quote unquote, like, I mean, and if they were, if, if there were big personalities, they were jettisoned, right? I mean, right. like Darius Slate, Quandary Diggs. Yeah. Damon Harrison, like I, I would have loved to see a hard knocks with a lot of those guys. And I know we've talked like maybe in like list cast and stuff like that of like players we wish that were still on the Detroit Lions that we could see on hard knocks today. But I think it's just really cool that the Lions are getting this platform because this is a really big deal. I mean, yeah. you know, the, I, I, again, I think the most compelling thing for anybody who's going to tune into this, who is just a, as Chris mentioned, just a, uh, non-biased observer of or the just NFL. a casual fan or a fan of some other team who just wants it's, to consume NFL content. Yeah. It's, it's Dan Campbell, right? It's, Absolutely. It's, the he- Absolutely. it's the head coach. It's the head coach 100%. And he's interesting. I mean, there's a reason why I didn't watch last year. Cause I think Mike McCarthy is boring as hell. The like, only mm-hmm. thing I remember from hard knocks last year was that Jerry Jones put salt on his McGriddle. <laughs> that's yeah. all i remember all i remember is mike mccart that this goes to your mike McCart- like he was making austin powers references in 2021 cool all right sweet so he <laughs> seems like he's super in touch with what's <laughs> right. going on right i i think that i guess this is the overall point i'm trying to make is that like i think that they have a coaching staff in place that is going to encourage those personalities to come out right yeah. and i think that having a coaching staff that has played before understands um, how demanding the NFL can be both physically and mentally. I think that they're going to give those guys a ton of shine and it, it, that's why it's going to be compelling week to week because I know I'm there and I'm going to enjoy what Dan Campbell and the coaching staff has to offer, but there's going to be cool things to learn about the players along the way. And, and if I could go back to Dan Campbell for a second and back to Shannon Furman, who was on, like I said, the, uh, the Dungeon of Doom podcast. One thing she said that had me really excited, and I think it was it was all of our concern when the Lions first got hard knocks. They're like, "Oh God, are they just going to show like motivator Dan Campbell, and everyone's going to think that's only him?" She said, based on like the audio she's hearing when she's at practice, maybe some of the 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 behind the scenes stuff that she's seen so far, like there is so much more to that guy in terms of his smarts, in terms of how he knows the football game. And that's what they, they want to make sure they get that depth of his character in there. And that, that that's what gets me excited because really our only evidence that, that he's like a smart football guy is when occasionally he gets a good football question on, on the podium, but really we're like, okay, he took over the offense and it got better. I want to see, I want to see him like actually saying stuff like we need to do this, 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 and then like seeing evidence of it work or something like I want to see the the football smarts guy in action because we we really we're results based. We we only see the results. We don't see him talk a lot of like X's and O's that much. So I, I'm excited that that's something that I at least they have interest in showing. I think that's going to wrap it here. I think we're going to wrap up the POD cast nice and tight, and we'll see you guys here in two nights, or if you're listening on the podcast tomorrow or Wednesday morning. I, I don't know. Whenever you're listening next, we will have. We'll be recording on Tuesday night. It'll we'll be, be up Wednesday recording morning. on Tuesday night, late night, twitch.tv slash pride Detroit after hard knocks finishes on HBO on the channel. We'll give you a few minutes extra. So if you're, if you're streaming on HBO max, we'll make sure you start it as soon as, as it's up on HBO max and we'll be on the channel. And then Wednesday morning, you'll have the podcast, the after show, the uh, faux Chad Hardwick triumvirate of us talking Knox. It's exciting More time to be a Lions fan, Chris. It is. It is. Almost as exciting as when we're going to start playing actual real games. Almost.
I hate you. Um, we'll see you guys all next time. Download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Keep giving us those five-star reviews. We love you all. Thank you. Uh, I don't know when our, our anniversary is coming up here very soon on seven years. I think we had the date picked out a while ago, and now I need to remember, remember it again. We'll celebrate that when it comes up. But until then, we'll see you starside. <laughs>